You either figure it out or you don't. Well, the alternative of not trying to figure it out is just admitting defeat, which is not what anybody wants anyways, right? So you're trying to go win, you're trying to succeed, you're trying to build, you're trying to create. And so ultimately, you have to have a mentality of, we will figure this out, we must figure this out. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of For the Love of Money. I'm really excited for today's episode. I'm sitting down with a friend of mine, a gentleman who I've become friends with him in a mastermind that I've been in the past couple of years and been able to really get to know him and really watch him grow. And when I learned what he is all about, his business, his mission, his ethos, I was like, this guy is perfect for the show. And I've been waiting to get Jeff Reagan, the founder of Kai's Concepts, or as you guys probably know, Kai's Bars. The founder, is his name is Jeff Reagan. And I've been trying to get him on the show for quite some time and it finally aligned because he's going to blow your mind. Like, get ready. I'm not kidding. Everything from the way that he built his business to the principles he shares in building a business and and living life, you're going to love it. You're going to leave totally inspired. You're going to probably be bouncing off the walls by the end of this episode. Now, before we dive into it, I met him in a mastermind. And that's what happens in masterminds. If you are a high-level individual, you have to be in one if you're going to get your business to the next level. Our business has gone to the next level. His business has gone to the next level. And everybody in my mastermind, their businesses have gone to the next level. I am refilling mine for 2019. Each mastermind membership lasts a year. And 2018 is wrapping up. We are filling 2019. And I want you in it if... You are a multiple six-figure earning or seven-figure earning entrepreneur that wants to learn how to sustainably get into the multiple seven figures year after year after year. If that's you, then I've got your back. And more importantly, this group that I put together, they've got your back for one year. Imagine having 29 or 30 other super talented entrepreneurs that you could never afford to hire roll up their sleeves and be as committed to your business for a year as they are to theirs. That's why the magic happens in a mastermind. So just like I met Jeff there, you're going to meet some of your absolute favorite human beings in mine. Go to fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind. Check it out. Hit the apply button. Fill out the application. Ignore the negative self-chatter that you don't belong. As a matter of fact, I make it a point to put myself in rooms that I feel like I don't belong in all the time. And that's where all my rapid growth comes from. So I want you to go to fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind, check it out, hit apply, fill out the application. You and I'll have a conversation so I can choose the absolute best personalities to be in that room in 2019. Fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind. I can't wait to meet you. Now... I'm about to crush it with Jeff. I ain't kidding. Like Jeff is the founder and CEO of Kai's Concepts. Again, you guys all know of Kai's Bars. They're everywhere. But here's my favorite part. He and his company have a mission to change lives through food and service and charity. And he totally lives it. It's not some BS line. It's not some marketing scheme. I've never seen somebody live it the way he does. His company, Kai's, was founded with this philanthropic arm that feeds over a thousand kids every day in Haiti. 
a thousand kids every day get fed because of Jeff and his company in Haiti. Wouldn't you love to build something like that? So he's going to tell you the story why and how he created this. You know, Jeff's entire goal is to change the world for the better by feeding people, literally and of course, figuratively speaking, in their mind and body and heart and soul. And that's what he does to us in the mastermind. That's what he does when you sit down and talk to him. This is one of my favorite human beings on the planet. He lives his life from a place of excellence in every way. From when you look at him, he is healthy and shredded. When you meet him, he is one of the most loving human beings you'll ever sit down and talk to you. And when you look at the performance, the way he performs as an entrepreneur, he is crushing it in business. So he lives excellence in every single way. And he's going to share with you all of his tips, all of his secrets, all of his everything as to how he put this together at the young age of 32, by the way. Wow. Like give this dude some serious props. So get ready, get inspired, take some notes because this episode, I promise you, is a game changer. All right, Jeff, my friend, thanks for being on, man. Chris, what's up, brother? How are you doing today? I am outstanding. Thank you for saying yes to doing this. Uh, for those of you that that don't know, Jeff and I are in Lewis Howe's Mastermind together. And I've actually wanted to have this interview for quite some time because this show represents, as all the listeners know, successful people that have the common thread of generosity in their story. And no story, in my opinion, does a better job of highlighting what happens when somebody gets a brand up and going and doing well, how it can actually do really good things than your story, Jeff. And and so I can't wait to dig into it a little bit. Oh man, can't wait. So here's the deal. On my show, I always kind of warm the guests up and um, help people get to know you in a hurry through a rapid fire session. You down for it? Let's do it. And if there's something good, we'll circle back on it. Perfect. All right. So we're going to start real easy. Where'd you grow up? Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And I know the answer to this, but where do you live now? Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. (laughs) The reason we're laughing to all the listeners is we're just joking offline. I've never been there. And he's saying it's a great spot. So I got to go visit him. Uh, Favorite quote ever. Oh, man. Be great, love people. Spread joy. Oh, I love that. And you totally represent that. What is one of your superpowers, bro? I joy people. I spread joy. Mm, so good. One of your favorite books? Think and Grow Rich, The Bible, and How to Win Friends and Influence People. Every one of them, amazing. What's one of your, uh, what's one thing that you're challenged by right now? Organizational infrastructure to scale across multiple channels. Yeah. And we're going to get into that a little bit because typical listener is at the beginning stages of growing or scaling their business. And so we're going to get a little insight from you on that. A couple more rapid fire. Favorite speech you've ever given or favorite advice you've ever given? I think for me, it's just what you talked about, generosity. I think life happens when you start giving it away. And so I think the uh, the real joy is in the giving. So I, I use food language because we're in food. So I would say real leading is feeding. Mm, so good. Who's someone who's changed your life? Uh, my mother and everyone here on Makai's team. So good. A couple more here. Uh, what is one of your all-time favorite accomplishments this far? I would say taking a ragbag group of guys and girls here from Oklahoma City and building this little thing called Kai's and... Uh, making the global impact that we have in Haiti and building a couple of orphan homes and uh, feeding programs down there and, and just seeing the 
how lives can change around the world when a few people make choices and get clear on it and get committed and go all in. Oh, so good. I can't wait to get deeper into that story. A couple more. One regret you have or something you do differently if you could go back. Uh, I try not to live life with regrets. I think you can learn something from everything. I think if I would have done something different, I would have played football in high school. Love it. And then last rapid fire question. What is something generous you've done recently? Today, we donated about $5,000 worth of Kai's bars and wrote a check for a couple of organizations that are doing awesome things here in Oklahoma City for the homeless and impoverished youth. Dang, I love you. I want to be you when I grow up. Okay, so let's talk about Kai's Bars because it's come up a couple times. It's obviously the backbone of how I got to know you in the beginning and it's what you're leveraging to do great things. So you've developed this remarkable food brand and the bars are the most recognizable piece of that. And it has this remarkable philanthropic arm to it that we're going to hear about that feeds over a thousand kids each day in Haiti. Is that right? A thousand kids a day? Yep. Damn, I love that. Okay. So first of all, where'd the idea come from? Take us back there. Yeah. So um, kind of the short, quick, long story is, you know, when I was in college, I was actually an entrepreneurship major. And why that matters is we had a lot of people that would come in um, that spoke kind of pre-podcast days, if you will. So that was your way to like learn. And for me, just the common thread I took is that the successful entrepreneur, whatever success meant at the time, they did what they were passionate about. And so for me, it was really, um, I graduated college without a job. It was not what I envisioned of being Mr. Successful. And I had the humbling move back home to live with my mom. But it was such a blessing in disguise because it really forced me to get clear on what I was passionate about, what my purpose was, and you know how I was going to go live a life that mattered. And uh, I arrived at three things. Um, I loved helping people. I don't think anything's better than that. I loved health and fitness. That was also why people wanted my help. It was, hey, Jeff, can you give me a diet? Can you give me a workout? Can you you know say something motivating, pump me up? And then I like entrepreneurship. I tell people I can't sing, I can't dance, I can't draw, but that is my creative expression, coming up with ideas that help people live healthier and live better. And so I ended up getting a job full time, but I it was, you know, really just to do something and and you know pay my bills essentially. Um, but I kept kind of pursuing those passions on the side. So I started doing some just trying different things at work. So I tried a little fitness modeling, I tried a little boot camp, and ended up liking kind of the health coaching, life coaching, basically just being relational with people and, you know, sharing stories, understanding where they were, where they wanted to be and how to get there. And I just kept seeing food as a common problem. And it was typically, well, I want to be healthier, but health eating sucks and I don't have time. And I was like, well, that's not true. And you know, I wasn't a you know big cook or anything, but I kind of have my three E principles. It's got to be easy, it's got to be enjoyable, and it's got to be truly energizing. And so I just kind of started making stuff that I ate, and it was kind of in this big pan at first, kind of like a I don't know, it looked like a no bake fudge or peanut butter <laughs> fudge. That's what people would call it. And um, I just got good response, and I kept doing it. And so I worked on it on the side for about a year and a half, and uh, yeah, just. Kind of took that leap of faith, quit my job, and have been taking a leap of faith every day since, trying to figure it out and, and see how we can uh, make this as special as impactful for for people as we can. Dude, I love it. Followed your passion. I got to ask, what was that job right out of college that uh, didn't work out and you had to go back and live with mom? Yeah, so um, I thought I was going to be like in financial, kind of the financial industry, and I went down this like long interview thing, and I thought I was going to get this thing, and it didn't, and so. I ended up working in the basement at Chesapeake Energy, which was a big oil and gas company here in Oklahoma City. 
um, that I worked in part time in college, just like cutting up boxes and moving computers and stuff. And uh, yeah, I just I was a contract laborer there in the basement for several years, and then I got on full time and ended up moving into positions in the best insurance department. But um, I just kept working on the side on it, and that was like became my nights, my weekends, my lunchtime. I just would work on it, and it was fun, and it was life giving, and you know, I just got to that point where I was like, the only risk for me was not taking one. And so, you know, it's obviously very scary to quit your first job. But for the listeners out there who either have just done that or are thinking about doing it, you know, one life to live, one life to give. And and if that thing is inside of you and you keep thinking about thinking about thinking about it, like it's meant to be let out and lived out and loved out. And so I would just encourage you you know, if you've just done that, fantastic. I'm so proud of the life that's about to come in front of you. And for those that are thinking about it, I would encourage you to, to strongly consider it. So. so many questions I want to ask as an offshoot of what you've been saying. First one is, you said entrepreneurship was your major in college. Most people you know, at that age, they have no idea what they really want to do, right? Yeah. Were, were you this, this budding entrepreneur that you had inside of you your entire life? Or like, when did this show up? Man, really in college, I think, no, that's so funny. I If I would have had my dream growing up, I would be playing in the NBA or something like that. I, I was definitely a sports guy first. I think that's really where just the love for te- people and team building and working hard and, you know, dreaming and all of that was really cultivated. But I think when I was in college, like I said, I thought I was going to go the finance route. And I was at the University of Oklahoma and they had kind of this new entrepreneurship program. And yeah, you got to keep in mind, I, I'm 32. So this was, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And entrepreneurship wasn't cool yet. Like you were just like the crazies that, you know, no one really knew. There wasn't the social media to give it the great recognition that it gets today. But they were like, get um, a job, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, no, but I started doing stuff there and it ended up being something that was really, I just enjoyed it. Like I said, the creative outlet, understanding like, how to see problems that you could solve and how to create value and serve people. It just, it's kind of like the new, you know, defense to solve for me playing sports or something. So the other thing that I got to ask you is where did this generous and loving heart come from? And and I've, everybody on the show, they have that or they wouldn't be on the show, but yours is different. It's more amplified than the average person that I come across. It's it's the first thing you realize when you have a, a five-minute conversation with you. So where did this really generous and this this sense of just wanting to love everybody come from? Oh, man. Oh, that's so humbling, number one. Man, hard to say. Like so I think I've just grown up in a really, really loved environment. I think just like knowing how loved I am. And, and I come from the belief of we're all made for love and greatness. And knowing that identity and just giving that back. And I think just finding like when you give away, I just felt more full. I felt more alive. And I think biblically it's rooted in that. I think just seeing it in my mom and just people growing up and the people that I was always attracted to, I felt like were always the most generous. And so I think just a culmination of, you know, self-awareness and education experience and just being, you know, super blessed, like. I just feel like I have to go be my best to to give what I have. And, you know, when I do that, uh, I feel more alive. And yeah, it's so humbling hearing people say like that. But yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a hard question for me to answer. Well, it, it, it's just so 
you know, refreshing to come across. Let me tell you that. So, okay, here you are. You're about to, to build this company, this awesome, huge company that's going to, you know, change the world in terms of feeding people in need based off of this, what'd you call it? Kind of a sludge bar you'd make at home. Yeah, like a fudge. Fudge. Yeah, like a fudge bar you'd make at home, right? So when did you say, like, what was the first step? When did you say, holy crap, I'm going to put this in a wrapper and sell to somebody? Man, yeah, it was tough. So the first iteration was the crappiest looking crap you'd ever seen. It was just like a big plastic bag that I could fit my hand in and put a label around. And so originally, I wasn't into bars because I didn't like bars because none of them were good. And I was always trying to make something different. And one lesson I learned and people might relate is like, sometimes I wanted to be different for the sake of being different when I should have just been better in a space that you know, you didn't have to reinvent the wheel, but um, the original iteration was kind of like these Kit Kat things. Um, it was kind of like a bigger version of the bar with little perforations. So if you wanted to break off, you know, one little piece and have it, um, then you could reseal it. When I did that early on, people loved the simplicity. We actually on the first package because it was bigger, and we had the ingredients on the front front, which is kind of funny because that's like a bigger thing now. And I was like, we were doing that five years ago. But uh, yeah, I just got good people love the taste. And they love the health. And then I would get this feedback of like, man, like I actually felt full and I felt good and, you know, no crash or anything. And so for me, you know, in the early days, your family and your friends are going to tell you what they think you want to hear, not what you necessarily need to hear. And so once I think it got to people that didn't have a existing relationship with me, and so it was unbiased. I felt like it was a true representation of a market. Like, and people liked it. I was like, okay, I think I might have something here. So, what was the toughest thing you had to overcome when building this? Man, it was all hard. So, most people quit a job to go do something they already know about. Like, they're working for a company and then they say, well, I'm going to go start my own company doing this. Like, I was working in oil and gas to basically get into food manufacturing. And so I knew nothing about anything. And it was brutal. I was by myself, you know, no mentors, no people to lean on. And you just learned everything the hard way. And I I really focused on five things. And here's a piece of advice I would give to entrepreneurs. And I still give it today is, hey, here are are the things I knew I could control and, and we can control. So if you're a listener, have fun. At the end of the day, it's a passion play. It's your life. If you're not having fun, why are you doing it? Number two, learn as much as you can. Number three, work hard. Number four, do the right thing. And number five, honestly, do the right thing. And <laughs> I love that. That's you... two of the five. Did I botch that? Did I say the wrong thing? <laughs> oh, I thought you meant to. Like, do the right thing and do the right thing. We're number four and five. I was like, sweet. Maybe I love this. <laughs> yeah. Work hard, treat people awesome, have fun, learn as much as you can and do the right thing. I, I, I probably didn't say one of them the first time. But. I, I, actually, I love those five. It's almost like they fit into those that 3E principle that you were talking about before. What was the 3E principle you said? Easy, enjoyable, and, and really energizing. All right. So here's, here's a question for you. Do you think that you can apply that 3E principle to business or does the easy part kind of kick it out of bed? Well, it depends how you define easy. Um, I think in the context in business, I think there's a fine line between what's easy and what's simple. And I think simplicity is something that you can make easy in theory. In execution, it's not always that easy. 
But I really do think you can because I think at the end of the day, if you think about energy, energy is something we all need, we all want it, we all crave it. If your work, like I tell people, think I'm a workaholic, and I tell people, you know, no, I retired at 26, you know, 25. Uh, I just live full and purposeful days. And if you've ever done something on passion and purpose, you don't feel exhausted like you do when you're working somewhere that you know, it's just not something that gives you life. Right. And so I think for me, that's where the energizing comes in. But I love what I do. I love who we work with. We love who we serve and the new awesome people that we meet along the journey and friends like yourself. And it's fun. That gives me life. That gives me energy. I get joy out of that. And yeah, the the easy would be the one that depending on how you define easy, if, if you can do that or not. So how many years old is the company now? We're between like five and six years old. All right. So, how, how many employees do you like? Give us an idea of how big the company is. Uh, we have about 12 to 15 people on the team. Right. So here's my question Where did you get the skill sets to build such a company? Along the way, you just figure it out. If there's one thing we say over and over and over out of instead of, you know, be great and love people, it would be figure it out. Like we just say figure it out all the time, where it's become cultural language. And I think for me, it's really going back to making it an easy framework for people to think about. You either figure it out or you don't. Well, the alternative of not trying to figure it out is just admitting defeat, which is not what anybody wants anyways, right? So you're trying to go win. You're trying to succeed. You're trying to build. You're trying to create. And so ultimately, you have to have a mentality of we will figure this out. We must figure this out. I've got great mentors um, that we learned along the way. Um, I try to take every conversation I have like somebody is a mentor. And, and that would be a piece of advice I would give the listener too. You can learn something from everybody. And so between experience and referencing other people's experience, you know, that's how you learn. And I, by no means, like, we've learned the hard way. You know, we it, it's been a... It's been a fight, but it's been an enjoyable fight. And once again, when we had the the dream and the vision and the purpose and the belief, you know, the behavior will follow and will continue to follow. Most people fall short because their belief, their belief's not there. And so, you know, and I know you're you're such a visionary and a big dreamer. And I think having the mentality in that just that big, I I use a mountain analogy. And for anyone that's ever been hiking, I like to hike. And so it's like, you make the choice to go hike, you make the choice to go climb that mountain, right? But when you start, you can't see the top. And you know, I know for me, when I start hiking, my legs start hurting, my lungs are burning, but you only get there one day at a time. And so it's like, but the desire to make the journey, the desire to reach the destination keeps you going. And so at the end of the day, I think it's like when you're talking about how do you build skills in life or how do you build skills as an entrepreneur, it's really just focusing on those principles of really having something that you want, that you believe in, but just keep going. I I see too many people, if if there's one thing I see uh, in young entrepreneurs and young people that are starting businesses or trying to make life transformation is they quit too early. And I don't know if you've ever heard the story of acres of diamonds or different gold rush stuff or oil discoveries, but all the biggest natural resources in the world that are found within, you have to dig within, discover within, which is a very relatable 
Schumann thing, most people in the biggest discoveries in the world, somebody else already was there or was digging and they quit like a foot short or they sold their land where the biggest diamond field was, which is a true story. You know, so I think for me, just like to develop the skills, you just have to keep going. Like, I think people are trying to act like, oh, Jeff, you have all these great skills. And I'm like, I'm just like everybody else listening. I just keep going. I'm not, not, I'm not smart enough to know I'm not smart enough. And we'll just figure it out and keep going. You also said something in there. I want to make sure people caught because I loved it. You said, everybody is a mentor. Because I think we go around and we prejudge people, right? We're not supposed to, but I can learn from you. I can't from you. I can learn from you. I cannot from you. But you, it's such an empowering statement full of possibility when you actually take the stance that everyone is an entrepreneur. And, and I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is. If you think about it, like we're all teachers, we're all marketers, we're all students, like we're all philosophers of something. And if your eyes are open and your ears are open and your mind is open, there is always something that can be learned. There's always something that can be given. And so I think for me, like, you know, I'll give you an example. You know, our second packaging iteration when we were going from the big crappy plastic bag and we had it, it had its limitations. And so then we had to figure out the importance of packaging, but we still couldn't afford a machine. We still couldn't, we still didn't know half the stuff and we had to go, okay, well, how do we get into this next step? Cause basically I met the whole foods buyer in Oklahoma city and she was like, okay, I see you're kind of growing, but I don't like this packaging. And long story short, you know, if you get better packaging, I'll try to get you in. And we found a coffee bag. And we used a coffee bag to package a bar. And that was a game-changing step for us. And, and what we learned, and, and the reason I'm making that point is like, that was not a norm for a bar wrapper, you know? Like, but I learned something from coffee people. And I'm looking at and I'm going, well, what is effective about this coffee bag? And what it was effective was it looked natural. It felt natural. It felt quality which were values that we have in our product. And so it matched. And that was a big step for us early on when you know, trying to navigate you know, through those early years. It's so resourceful. And, and there's where people fall short. You're right. They've got to become more resourceful and look for the possibility yeah. and everything. So when did the philanthropic arm, the one that is now feeding a thousand kids a day in Haiti, my God, God bless you. How awesome is that? When did that become a part of the Kai's model? Yeah, so it's always been there. Um, the backstory is, you know, for me, it was about doing something that changed lives. It, the Kai's mission, vision, value, purpose, dream is to change lives for the better. You know, through food service and charity is how we do that. And so when I was in our first year or second year, I went to a oh, this fundraising event that one of my buddies was hosting that, you know, and I'm like, don't know if the company is going to survive at this point. You know, everyone's been there. I'm sure if you've listened, you, you have those moments between you're not sure if you're going to make it or not. And so you just kind of want to be a workaholic, even though that doesn't necessarily help that. And so I end up going to this event. My buddy's there. I meet this girl. She starts talking about how she built orphan homes in third world countries. And I was like, wow, that is so cool. I said, we have a company, you know, we give a lot here locally and we do something, but I was like, I want to do something bigger. And I'd never been out of the country on a trip like that. I'd never, 
you know, been immersed in third world. And so she was like, well, yeah, well, if you want to come with us on a trip, you know, that would be awesome. And so we ended up going on a trip. So we had four people on our team at the time and uh, we shut it down for a week. We took the whole team uh, to Haiti and we stayed in this orphanage. And I mean, Chris, I kid you not, we had four guys at the time and, you know, we get into Port-au-Prince and then we take about a three hour, I wouldn't even call it a bus ride or a van ride, just a sketchy vehicle transportation <laughs> ride to get out to where we were going. And we walk into this place and these little kids just come up to us and, you know, grab our legs and put their hands up like they're looking at us to want us to grab them and pick them up. And I mean, you know, we're pretty like fit group, macho, kind of masculine. And it was like, it was over. Like we were melted, like it was done for. And so um, we stayed there and it, you know, we served there the whole week and just were so on fire. And we got back and a big thing for me that I always struggled with and, and someone else may share the struggle is like, I don't want people to think what we do is for marketing. I didn't tell people all the stuff. And still to this day, I don't tell people a lot of the stuff that we do. That's who we are. And at the end of the day, we're called to be authentic, right? And we're more alive. We feel more free when we're authentically ourselves and not pretending to be somebody we're not. And so what I found was when we came back from Haiti, all these people found out they were so interested in it. And so, you know, we started telling people a little more, but it's still pretty subtle. Um, a lot of people still don't know it that are, you know, great supporters of the bars. But, you know, we're really just trying to connect that message of like, we're kind of trying to be unifiers through food. Like, I think for us, it's just, hey, guys, like you can live your wildest dreams and help others do the same at the same time. And quite frankly, you'll get theirs to yours by helping others do theirs. And so for us, I think just realizing the platform that we had and for me of going, hey, you know what, like being the leader of our team here, like, you know, we're going to have this love based model that it's going to go give our time and our talents and our skills and our treasures and our resources and everything we have. But we wanted to go a step farther. And so that's where we take the annual service trip, um, the annual mission trip. And so for me, kind of my uh, equation is resources plus relationship equals real life change, both for those that are being given to and the giver. That is so good. So this comes up on the show a lot. You said, I never want to be perceived that I'm doing this as marketing. And what comes up on the show a lot is, is it better to give out loud so that you can inspire other people to do the same, give them the idea? Or is it better to give in the dark where you don't want to look like you're doing it for the wrong reason? What's your take on this? Yeah, man, that is a really good question. No wonder you have such a great show. I'd love to hear what everybody else said. But I, I think my take on that is it's situational. Um, I think what what I have found is if we want to be of the most service and the most impact and change the world with what platform we've been given, I do think we have to have a louder voice than is naturally comfortable for me. But at the same time, I think the biggest impact we make is just in every conversation and everyday working people see it, right? We don't have to go blast it to the world. But I do think we want to be encouragers and inspirers because what I have found 
is as we've shared our story more and have gotten out there, I get so many people that come up to me and they go, oh my gosh, I thought I had to work for a nonprofit or go be a missionary or work at a church to like love people through my work, but I'm actually passionate about money or art or music. And I'm going, no, like the world needs people being passionate creators of great gifts of love and giving those wherever their heart is. And so I think like my answer to out loud or quiet, it it would be, be consistent would be my answer. Be consistent both in the quiet and the loud, but don't let the loud be about you. It's not a chest pounding of like, hey, look at me. We're the givers. It's about who are you giving to and trying to inspire people to get to a level in their own life to take that next step. So if I'm a listener, I'm asking myself the question, what is one thing that I have? What is one person in my space, in my influence that I can go give something to? And as I referenced earlier, I like to call it feedership. My mentality is we're all hungry for something. We use physical food, but my question is, what are they hungry for and how can I feed them? It might be a tangible Kai's bar. It's a great, like I said, easy, enjoyable, energizing, but it might also be a compliment, a smile, a word of encouragement, keep going, piece of advice. And so for me, I think in those moments, it's just being authentic and consistent with who you are and why you do what you do. And it's not about you. You know what I mean? Oh my God, it's such a great answer. So what's next for you? What's next for Kai's? How big of a giving heart, so to speak, do you want to end up with? Yeah, so great question. Um, so right now is for our uh, project in Haiti. Um, we really have a five-year goal to basically build a transformative community out there. So um, what started around one woman who, through the earthquake, lived in a tent, was homeless, she adopted 37 kids. Her name is Eve Rose. She's like just an unreal... I'm not sure she's a human being. She's like an angel or something. She's, She's phenomenal. But we really try to champion and support her dream. And so... She adopted 37 kids. It's the main home in the community that the school is around that we feed. So her 1,000 kids at her school is who we feed. So we're really trying to champion them. We're trying to build more homes because the the orphan need is so strong there. We're trying to build a medical clinic. Uh, We're trying to build a sports field. We're trying to build a church. Uh, We're trying to build a, a garden and a chicken coop, which we already did. But we're seeing that is we're trying to teach them to be entrepreneurs. I'm trying to teach orphan entrepreneurs, child entrepreneurs of how to eat healthy through that food, getting them nourishment that they don't get ever. And then learning how to sell and serve people in their community, make a profit from that, reinvest. So eventually they're not dependent on, you know, American donation or our donation. Um, and then locally, we're actually working on trying to get the homeless involved more in labor skills. So I actually had a meeting this morning where I'm trying, most homeless people in Oklahoma city of what I've learned of a lot of the organizations that we support, they just get dependent on that and they, and they don't know how to take them the next step. How do they, how do they get them back into society on their own? And so I'm trying to kind of help figure out that solution. And I want to bring like a like a work slash life program here at Kai's where you know they can kind of get in our culture and our environment 
and you know entry level work and then figure out how do we get them you know really being transformational and then taking that model and teaching other business leaders and entrepreneurs you know just how to think how do i engage my neighbors because you know we live in an industrial part of town here and so they're our neighbors you know you see them all the time and so we're just trying to find a way to to be good stewards of where we're at so bro so good i love where you're taking this thing how can people help and and this is not like a lame question where you just say, you know, go to this website. Like, how can people really help you with this mission? Do you have a big ask or is it as simple as buy Kai's bars? Like, how can we best assist you? That's a great question. I thank you for your generosity and thinking about us. Uh, you know, number one, just spreading the word, you know, telling Kai's other opportunities to be on other podcasts or, you know, writings, websites, whatever, that we can continue to share our story. Yes, buying bars helps because. Each bar helps feed someone in need. So that'll help us continue to fund the feeding program and build those homes and do all those things down there. Encouragement, prayer, support. We'll take whatever we can get, man. We need all the help we can get. So I love it. And where can they find and follow you? At Kai's Concepts is our company one. And then I, I'm trying to be more social. That has been kind of one of my big breaking out of my uncomfortableness with social media. So we, they've created me a uh, at the Kai's guys. And so I, I am starting to uh, do some stuff on there. And um, yeah, so really just, I, I just want to be a servant. I got to go where the people are and see the need and feed the need. And so, you know, it's been humbling that people say, I want to hear what you have to say more or see what you're doing. And so uh, I'm just trying to get myself in that position, but um yeah, and then people can email me, Jeff at Kaisconcepts.com, J-E-F-F at K-I-Z as in zebra e concepts.com. And like I said, any any way that I can uh, help serve them if they have a question where they're at on their business or life journey, you know, how can they give more? How can they use what they have? Um, you know, I kind of have our system and our process, and it's something I'm very passionate about uh, helping leaders lead and, and feed better in, in wherever they're at. So Hey, well, I love what you're doing. By the way, these bars are no joke. My favorite thing about the Mastermind is that every time we meet, you bring us all bars. <laughs> They're really good. So it's not like this is like a noble mission with a crappy bar. Like everything about it absolutely rocks. I love it. All right. So here's a signature question. The last question I ask everybody. I love the, the fascinating range of answers. It kind of challenges you a little bit. If and why, why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of wealth or success? Number one is everybody has their own purpose and you can't apologize for living out your purpose. And if your purpose is, I believe we're all meant to be growers. You're either a grower or you're a slower in my book. You're either someone that wants to grow or someone that's afraid, or you're going to be a critic of those that are out trying to go for their, for their dreams and I think it's a Roosevelt quote. I, I butcher it, but it talks about the guy in the arena that's, you know, it kind of gives this gladiator portrayal. But it's basically like you have these critics on the sideline that want to criticize people for stepping out into the arena, but they're going, they're the ones that are the sad, desperate souls. So I think for me, what I've found in my life being unapologetic of the pursuit of your dream is your dream. And at the end of the day, if, if we want to be generous people, loving people, fulfilled people, we're only going to get that by discovering that dream and purpose that we have. And we have to find that within and go on and live that and let that out. But in regards to money and success is that that is building your platform to give back more. 
and to impact more people. And I've been impacted by orphans and I've been impacted by billionaires. And what I have found is that they both can impact me, but the wealthier, the materially abundant one has so much more resources at their disposal. And I think if we really want to talk about changing the world, we need more changed individuals that use it for good, that they use it for just really advancing humanity and the kingdom as a whole. And and you can look at that in history too. So I was in a, a group and they talked about this group in London in the 1800s. And it's when all the leaders came together, that's when they solved more social problems and they advanced like the society. And so it's a very top-down approach. And so if people are pursuing wealth, pursuing success, building businesses, you know, you can change so many lives off of that about giving jobs, giving resources, having more influence at a political level, you know, a thousand other reasons. So I, I think at the end of the day, uh, there's this very like money is bad. No, money is not bad. If money is your identity, you'll be unfulfilled and you couldn't make all the money in the world and be happy. But if you use money as a tool and as a resource to give an impact, then it's just such a gift that the more you have, the more you can give back. So, Man, so well answered. I love it. Jeff, thank you so much for everything you shared. You shared knowledge. You shared how-to. You shared inspiration, motivation. You shared out loud that you are willing to be a giver and a philanthropist so that you are inspiring everybody else. And I love the way that you show up in life. You know How you do anything is how you do everything. And you literally are one of those people that I look up to in, in terms of how you do anything is how you do everything. So thank you for the way you show up. Thank you for what you're doing. And uh, I hope everybody goes and checks out Kai's Bars. We'll make sure that we have links to everything in the show notes. Bro, yeah, I can't thank you enough, man. Yeah. And one last thing, we actually created a gift code um, for all the listeners for uh, 20% off. It's just Chris Harder. Um, so we can put that in the notes too. Like I said, we want to really give to people. And then, Dude, uh, you're the yeah. greatest. Okay. I'll totally make sure the link is in the show notes. What is the link? It'll be www.kaisconcepts.com slash shop. And then the, the 20% off gift code will just be your name, Chris Harder. Awesome. All one word? I put a space in there, but I can make it one word. No, if, leave uh, the space, man. Leave the space. I love it. We'll make sure it's clear in the show notes. Everybody go try these things out. Jeff, just another example of your giving heart, bro. I'm so grateful to you. Chris, appreciate you, brother. Thank you for your time and uh, your wisdom, man. You're the man. Right back at you. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.